I always say we don't, we don't know how sick we are until we're healthy. Hi, everyone. Welcome back. Welcome back to Uplift My Life Today podcast. My name is Astuti and I'm your host. This podcast is dedicated as a platform to share reflections, tips and inspirations on how to create your uplifted life. A lot of the reflections here are based on my work as a life coach and a subconscious mind reprogrammer. This episode is the first episode of a new series called Your Body is Talking. Are you listening? And I invited Dana Levy Hoffman, a certified health and lifestyle coach based in Switzerland. In our conversation today, in this episode, Dana is going to share with us how we can help our body to heal and rejuvenate itself every day explain to us what happens to our body when it experiences stress and what healthy food and healthy food habits we can implement to take care of our health. Remember, our health is indeed our first wealth. So everybody, enjoy this episode. Hi, Dana. Welcome to the Uplift My Life Today podcast. Good. Thank you. Thank Thanks you for, for having me. My pleasure. <laughs> I'm really excited for our chat today, particularly because this, you know, changing lifestyle requires a lot of ad- adjustment in many different fronts. And uh, I had experienced chronic stress in the past that led to burnout. And when I was looking back from, this was at the end of 2008, and then a couple of weeks ago, I was in a train actually, and I was saying to myself, if I had uh, other information, if I had help that I didn't get then, what would that be? And immediately it came to me that the real reason why I was being stressed and had the burnout is because also I wasn't taking care of my physical health. Yeah. So I said to myself, yeah, this is my blind spot here. <laughs> and, uh, and this is why the, the invitation for you to join us. So to share your wisdoms and your knowledge <laughs> in, in, in help, help, helping many people to deal with their stress um, and maybe burnout. So welcome again. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Suthi. Thank you for having me. And yes, I think it's a super important topic. I think it's you know, something that a lot of people actually come up to me and say, you know, I need to change my diet and I'm overweight or I'm this or I'm that. I have to tell you that pretty much 100% of those people, I will end up talking about stress Mm. first. Yeah, yeah. Because people don't know, you know, we're living at a time where between social media, between work, between all of the expectations that we have from ourselves, we just don't know how to relax. We don't know how to take a break and, you know, handle the stress and yeah. the more stress we have, the less we're able to physiologically, the, the less we're able to actually deal with the stress or yeah. manage the stress better. Yeah, that's absolutely right. And I can relate to that. Absolutely. So before we go into the topic, because I'm so super excited. So I just would like to mention that Dana is a certified health and lifestyle coach based here in Switzerland. 
Dana is working with many people from many countries, not only in Switzerland. So her richness in experience and wisdom is certainly applicable to many people from everywhere because the audience of Uplift My Life uh, today is also coming from everywhere. So Dana, before we go into the topic, because we are so passionate talking about this, would you say a few words about yourself and what you do and how you help people? Oh, sure. Um, So my motto is deliciously sustainable lifestyle changes. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's pretty much, you know, I walk the talk and I, that's what I do with my clients as well. We're trying to reach to, to make changes because, you know, obviously what we've done so far didn't really help us uh, until now. Um, We're, we're trying to make changes. We're trying, we're incorporating them into our lifestyle and they have to be sustainable and they have to be delicious. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes, yes. So, or we're not enjoying the food that we eat. So that's not sustainable. We really need to make sure that those um, changes and steps that we do are small and sustainable. Otherwise, we really go back to, you know, we go back to the way things were before. Um, for a reason, we started discussing this before, you know, yeah. our brain doesn't like change. Mm-hmm. Change is, you know, uh, um, it feels uncomfortable with change and it will always try to bring you back to the way you were before. And that's why crazy, you know, declarations of, of I'm going to diet tomorrow, you know, usually starts with, you know, eating maybe half a grapefruit for breakfast, egg salad for lunch, and then like a pizza and a half for dinner, because we are not used to making those crazy changes. The mm. brain won't allow it. Mm. And so we will always end up going back to the way we were before. Um, So when we make small and sustainable steps, we're actually letting our brain get used to something very small before we move on to the next. And those small, small steps are actually beneficial to our life. Mm -hmm. You know, these steps are to help us manage our stress better or manage our weight better or, or just all of these kind of small things that will make our life actually uh, better altogether. Yeah. I really like what you say about deliciousness. <laughs> for me, this also, yes, exactly. This for me also translates into joyful and fun. Exactly. The process, because I mean, Dana, really, during the time when leading my situation to burnout, I could not encourage or motivate myself to do any sport, really, because I didn't find joy in it. And I realized many years later, that in order for me to be self-motivated, there has to be an element of fun. Therefore, I went on an exploration of what, what sport-wise, what to do and what not to do, what I enjoy and what do, I don't enjoy, so that I can, it becomes accepted by the system in our, in our body, you know, the brain. And, and I also, our mind, sorry, and, and I also know that our mind loves what is familiar. So exactly. as you said, Change is not so um, natural to it, unfortunately. It's no. not easy for it to digest. Yeah. It, exactly. And, and to even dig deeper into the brain and, and our mind and how it works, we, you know, out of the 60,000 thoughts that we have a day, a good 85% of them are negative. That's true. Yes. So when we, and you know, when we cultivate that and when we kind of like let that happen, then that becomes a habit as well and a change that the brain doesn't want to, you know, shift away from. And that also contributes to help to the stress yes. because we're not actually helping ourselves with our thoughts. So it, it does 
have to be holistic. It does have to be, you know, of course, looking at your food, of course, looking at your lifestyle, you know, looking at your thoughts, looking at the people that surround you. It has to be everything included. Mm -hmm. um, and that's why, you know, and that's why those small steps are better to make because you can't just one day wake up and say, okay, I'm changing my diet. I'm going to sleep more. I'm going to, you know, quit my job. I'm going to find another better job. I'm going to start working out. I mean, like, it's, it's, it's a not lot. realistic. No. Yeah, it's right. a lot. It's not realistic. I mean, we, we have a hard time making one change, like moving from, I don't know, margarine back to butter, hopefully, or, or something like that. It's, it's hard. And so it has to be. It has yeah. to be. You touched something very important. I actually wanted to understand better what happens to our body when we're stressed. I think that's a good starting point, no? Yes, 100%. 100%. You know, a lot of people don't realize that our brain, although we, we say we've evolved a lot mm. since the caveman, um, our brain kind of stayed the same. Mm -hmm. So when we're stressed, our brain translates it as we're being chased by a cyber-toothed tiger, we're running away, we're hiding in a cave, and we don't know when we're going to leave, when we're going to get our next meal. Mm -hmm. And so our brain moves from rest and digest to fight and flight. Mm -hmm. Our body stops digesting, mm -hmm. point blank. So I, all of our digestives, I mean, like all of the blood that goes to, you know, the heart, the muscles, to be able to run away, the brain... So the digestion halts completely. And then we're talking about also the brain, again, translating it as, I don't know when I'm going to eat it again. Mm -hmm. I need to preserve my energy in order to be able to run back to my own cave. Mm -hmm. And so immediately our energy gets stored in fat cells. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, so at the end of the day, nowadays, we don't have cyber-toothed tigers running after us, but we have more stress in one day than the caveman had in his whole life collectively. Yeah. And so, you know, a lot of people, again, a lot of, especially women come up to me, they're like, I can't lose weight. I can't lose weight. And w immediately I talk about stress and we realize how stress is a huge factor in their life. And when we manage to manage that, mm -hmm. again, the body is more relaxed. It's digesting better. It's not keeping that energy in fat cells. And so it is actually able to function a lot better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's the base of everything, isn't it? <laughs> yes. First, first thing to tackle in any changes, check out how your stress level is. It's, that's basically what, end, what I'm hearing. Is that right? 100%. I think, it's, I think you know, at the, end, at the end of the day, there are two core things that people don't look at and don't consider as important. And they are the first things that I look at and work on with my clients is stress and it's self-love. Right. Yeah. Because it's very hard for you, you know, for a person to take care of their own body and own health if they don't love themselves. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. I'm, I'm notorious at like comparing our bodies to cars. And I always say, you know, if you have a rusty old car that you hate, that you are dying to replace, you'll be driving on fumes. You'll, you won't wash it. You'll probably forget to even check the oil in the water. Mm -hmm. Same rusty old car. If you love it, you know, and, 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 just adore that car, you're going to take better care of it. You're going to make sure it's washed. You're going to make sure it's got gasoline. And so it's the same with our bodies. If we look in the mirror and we hate ourselves, 
there's really no reason for us to take care of ourselves. We don't even believe in it. We don't even see the, the you know, we're not able to visualize the, the end product. Yeah. Um, but if we love ourselves and appreciate ourselves and understand how our body works, then it, it's so much easier to take care of our body. Yeah. I can relate to that very much. I think because when I experienced the burnout as part of the process of lifting myself back up was understanding the real reason why am I, why was I not taking care of myself? I was taking care of everybody else. I was very committed to the commitment that I gave at work. But then I realized actually I'm not the one, I wasn't the one who taking, who was really committed to take care of myself. And I could see a lot of people around me was asking how I was, right? I did ask this question, actually. I, I did ask myself this question. Did I really dislike myself that much that I wasn't even nurturing it, giving it enough sleep and all these things? And it was a very interesting answer. Partly I love myself, but then I have other things that I like overriding this, I love myself. And one of those beliefs, a couple of them actually, one is to be a leader, you need to serve others first. You come second. Okay, this was a belief. And then the other thing is, well, to receive love, you need to over-exceed um, your commitment. Okay? Yes. So this was shocking. This was really shocking. And, and what my point in this is, a lot of people are unconscious about that. Yeah, so I completely agree with you in terms of self-care and stress. This is the first two things that we always need to kind of, where are we in this? Are we loving ourselves enough? And are we managing stress or are we not alleviating? I think it's impossible, but are we managing well the stress? But yeah, a lot of people are unconscious about it. Would you find that in many people as well? Yes, I find that many, many, many people would say exactly what you said. Mm. They would say, I'm taking care of others better than I'm taking care of myself. You know, I'm putting myself last. Mm -hmm. and I'm doing it for the sake of success. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, when you, when you really look at businesses, when you really look at the hierarchy in businesses and how things work, you'd often see that the hardest, hardest working people are not management. <laughs> <They're> not <laughs> That's the ones true. Who are moving up in the ladder, success ladder. I'm not saying that because... It's not necessarily that people are doing it knowingly, mm -hmm. but if you come to a business and you say, cool, I'm going to give 150% of myself, people are getting used to that. They're saying, Astutia's just going to, you that's know, right. she's going to say yes to everything. So let's just go and ask her. Yeah, that's But true. every time you're saying yes to someone else, you're probably saying no to yourself. Yeah, that's very so, true. You know, and it's huge, and it's huge, especially in women, although yes. I see a lot in men as well. Um, you know, we're caregivers, so we want to make sure that everyone is happy around us, but it is definitely putting ourselves last. Mm -hmm. And many, many times, like nine out of 10, we're talking about exactly what you experience to one level or, or the other. Yeah. We fall apart, yeah. and people don't know how to take care of us because we've been taking care of them the whole time. Yes. Let's touch this topic. Yeah. Women <laughs> being prone to this more than men. I completely yes. agree with you. I work more with women. More men came forward now to change something because they also ex experience symptoms of maybe I'm taking on too much or I don't, you know, the different stress points in their lives. Yeah. 
I agree in complete agreement with you. I think as as a woman, we tend to be more prone to this. Why do you think that is, Dana? I really think that it has to do. It's it's less to do with men and women, more with mem- feminine energy and masculine energy. I agree. Yeah, um, and it's it really again has to do with the whole caregiver mm. syndrome. Yeah. Uh, you'd see that more often also with firstborns. Um, you know, we're we're you know we're the firstborn, and then another baby comes along, and the par- our parents go, "You're going to have to help me take care of this baby." Yes, and you know this those little nuances, those little things that our parents told us, you know, a little, I always say like, if a parent looks at a spider and just goes like this, like raises their nose a little bit, that can actually grow and raise to be a a full on phobia for a child. That's how much power we have over our children. That's how much they interpret our everything. Mm-hmm. So when we say so, and, and, and again, like parents, we, we're not, you know, I'm a parent. I'm definitely not a perfect parent. We always try to do things hopefully the right way. We don't really realize those little things and how they affect our children, especially if it's like an extra sensitive child and things like that, which is very hard to tell at the way beginning. But anyways, it is something that has to do with the caregiver and the fact that we feel like we need to take care of others. Mm-hmm. And so it just grows and grows throughout the years. If we don't catch it on time, it becomes a like, you know, way of life. It becomes this, I'm at work, I'm taking care of everyone. I'm at home, I'm taking care of the household, I'm taking care of the kids, I'm taking care of the husband, I'm taking care of my friends, I'm taking care of my parents. And so when you have this whole list and all of these hats that you wear, a man usually, usually, and I'm not trying to generalize, but usually a man has a little bit less on his plate. Yeah. When he go home, it's kind of almost expected, unfortunately, still for the mom, for the, for the wife to actually be taking care of maybe the cooking and the cleaning and the laundry and, uh, and all these things that we always take care of. And I do see a lot more men, you know, raising up for the challenge of really taking a stand at home. But still, there's a lot less on our head. You know, when a child is sick, in, in, in school, it's most often the mom who will go and pick them up and, and, and go at, leave work to yeah. actually do that. Yeah. So it's just, a, it's just a, the way that we've been raised, I think, and the way that our society is, yeah. Um, sadly. Yeah. And also, you know, we are, as a fem- feminine energy, is more sensitive. So we get stressed from smaller things. Yeah, yeah. Right? We Little things. Yeah, little things affect us, you know, even like we take it to offense when someone cuts us off on the road, you know, we're like, what have I done to him? You know, all of these kind of immediate thoughts of I, d- I did something wrong, um, again, is, is another contributor to having so much stress and so much uh, inability to deal with that because yeah. it just gets bigger and bigger with time. Yeah, I'm so glad that you actually brought up the feminine and masculine energy because I completely agree with you. Well, it is less of gender. It's more of who is nurturing more feminine energy in them and in the way they show up in in life. Because I also seen a lot of men who has taken that role of caring for others and this impact them the same in the same way that impacts uh their counterparts who are female or women. And, and I think this feminine and masculine, I will have another episode for this. 
<laughs> There's so much to talk about. And there it is. There is. I'm glad to hear that. Yeah, it impacts everything. How you lead, how you parent, how you love, how you show up basically in life. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. <laughs> so I'm I'm glad that you you raised that up and boy do I know it how it felt to be or how it feels to be the first child and I am the first child in my family and I was in on my mom's side of the family I'm also the first grandchild so there's a lot of excitement but there's a lot of like inputs coming Expectations. <laughs> Expectations. <laughs> as I was growing up what is the relationship between food and stress and food and sleep. I honestly believe that food has a relationship with everything. <laughs> That's right. Um, you know, when we, again, let's go back to that car, right? Yeah. Our body is our car. We, you know, no matter if you own a car, if you ever drove a car, it doesn't even matter. Every teenager onwards knows that you need to give the car the specific oil that it needs in order to drive and not break down. Yeah. And, you know, we expect our cars to run maybe 10, 15 years before we replace it with a newer one or a better one. At the same time, we expect our bodies to run 80 plus years and we give it the wrong fuel every single day. Yes. If we understand it that way, and if we understand that our body is not our enemy, our body does have a way of healing itself. Our body does have a way of dealing with things. Our body, you know, all of these illnesses that everyone has nowadays are not necessary. Mm -hmm. Then we understand the link between food and everything else. Yeah. Stress is just like everything else. I mean, it's, it's when it's chronic stress, it's an illness. Yes. When we're not able to fall asleep, it's not, it's, it's not, a, it's a problem, you know, it is a yeah. problem. So I, be, I really truly believe that when we give our body the energy that it actually needs, you know, we're talking about mainly plant-based foods, vegetables, fruit, nuts, seeds. If you're okay with grains uh, and legumes and things like that, awesome. Yeah, you know, I have to say this first and foremost, you know, each body is different. So yeah. we're talking about bioindividuality. We're talking about how uh, the food that will be amazing for you will be poison for me. So we do have to keep that in mind. But yeah. everyone needs to have, eat more vegetables. <laughs> I agree. Yeah. Everyone needs to eat more vegetables. I mean, it's, it's insane how people live on, you know, if it's meat, if it's processed foods, if it's milk products, all of these things that are not, not actually natural for us and, not, and don't contribute to our well-being. Mm -hmm. So if we make sure that our food is giving us energy, the food is supporting our body rather than fighting with it, basically, yeah. then our body will be able to deal with stress better. Yeah. Sleep is the same thing. I think that if when you end up eating really late at night, or you crack open that, you know, bar of chocolate at midnight or, you know, kind of to stay up and, and continue working. If you I see it in a lot of people, they think that because they don't eat breakfast or something like that, that they should lose weight, but they're not doing it right. I mean, like there is intermittent fasting. I'm, I'm a big believer in intermittent fasting, but doing it right. Yeah. Everything yeah. in life, it has to be right. You know, yeah. um, a lot of people ask me about veganism and I'm like, there is a, a healthy way to be vegan. There's an unhealthy way to be vegan. So there's no like sticker and, and one way that works for everyone, but whatever step you do, you do need to make sure that it is 
the correct way, the way that supports your body. Yeah. So all of these things have to do with food as well as like we discussed before, you know, physical activity is important. Sleep is super important. You know, relationships, poisonous relationships are not going to help you with stress or with sleep, you know, so, so all of these things together. But again, we need to look at it in a, in a holistic way. Definitely. Mm-hmm. So I think you said something really profound because I only realized what it means after I had the, the burnout that the body heals itself. Yes. That concept, I don't think it is a, a concept that is in everybody's mind. Would you agree with that? Definitely. Okay. Definitely. People want a quick pill. People go on detoxes where we have, our, our body has liver and spleen and you know like we have the ability to detox we just need to give that body you know the help that it needs to do that um so yes 100 i find that it's something that uh, that people really don't understand yeah so what would you say are the important things we can do to help our body heal itself before we going specifically into food because I'm very interested about that. Yeah. But on the on the bigger picture, what what can they do to help the body to heal itself? I mean, again, I think that it, it, there's a few folds to that. There's a there's a few layers to that, of course. And this is exactly why I do what I do because mm-hmm. to do it alone. It, I mean, it's doable. Some people do it, but it's much harder and it's much more complex. But I can tell you what I do with my clients. So basically, again, we will definitely look at stress levels because mm-hmm. when you're, you can eat an amazing diet, you can live a really healthy diet. Mm-hmm. If you have huge stress in your life, you're not going to be healthy. Yeah. Right. So looking at stress, 100%. Um, definitely getting better sleep. And we'll talk a little bit about that, I know, yes. um, later on. Making sure that you give your body the food that it needs in order to heal mm-hmm. and avoid, not avoid completely. I'm not a black and white person. You know, I eat my pizzas once in a while. I eat, you know, like I, I do my thing. I'm a human being, but to have it on a daily basis or a weekly basis, even versus like once a month or once every couple of months is a huge difference. Yeah. Yeah. So making sure that on a day to day basis, breakfast, lunch, dinner, you're generally eating healthy yeah. is super duper important. You say so, detox, Dana. I mean, again, I don't really believe in detoxes per se because I think that, you know, people think that the, the celery juice is detoxing them. Oh, okay. That the, you know, that like juicing for a week is detoxing them. It's not necessarily detoxing them. It's their body getting the chance to detox because they're finally giving it just what it needs. Hmm. So, you know, for me, detox you are able to detox your body. You're able to help your body detox by giving it the right fuel, by giving it the right food, the right energy, the right everything so that you don't need to go once a year on this like crazy juicing venture and starve yourself and things like that because it's unnecessary. When you're living a a healthy lifestyle, it's really unnecessary to do these things. It's unnecessary to once a year enjoy some stress-free weekend without your phone or your laptop. You can actually do it on a daily basis, set certain hours where you say, enough is enough. I need to let my body now recollect. I need to let my body be screen-free, interaction-free and, and, you know, things like that so that I can calm down and I can bring myself to a, a calmer level. Those are all detoxing factors, you know. Yeah, yeah. So, 
it's a little bit like uh, spring cleaning. Yes. You know, <laughs> when, uh, once a year, once every quarter, whatever, you kind of do the big cleaning, but then every day you still need to declutter on a daily basis. This exactly. is the same. I also experienced, except recently I did a water fasting and I mentioned to you when we chatted yes. earlier. Very interesting experience. I learned many things there in terms of sensation. What For all of you who doesn't know what water fast, fasting is, basically I'm just drinking water for three days and not eating. So what I realized then uh, afterwards is, this is exactly what you're saying. You know, you do detox or water fasting. Sure. And what I didn't do correctly, which I will be doing, to allow the body to adjust in its own time and not to go back to the old lifestyle the day after I finished the water fasting, right? Because, exactly. I, because I, I, for one, my body was also reacting. I think I was going back into what I was eating way too quickly. There will be a period of time where I slow down. I mean, you're eating more solid food, but then I wasn't as careful as I need to be. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah, definitely. This is why I mentioned before about intermittent fasting, for example. Yeah. yeah. You know, a lot of people, I, I know I did that when I was younger myself. You know, I was never a breakfast person, so I could never eat breakfast. I, I always felt like my body's not awake yet. So I would drink water and stuff. And then lunch came around and I would just have a huge meal because I was starving by then. And that basically canceled out the whole like not eating breakfast because then I felt super heavy. I felt lethargic. I probably had, a, you know, not the, the best combination of foods either because you're starving. So you, you want your carbs, you want your, you know. And so that's exactly the problem. That's exactly the problem about doing things the right way and the wrong way. You know, there's always take advantage of all of these beautiful like, you know, things that are, you can find on the internet, millions of these ideas and, and things that people try out and stuff, but you have to do it the right way, mm-hmm. right? You have to, to respect your body enough to say, okay, wow, you've only had water for three days now. Mm-hmm. To put something in your body now, it's going to take so much energy digestion wise. You know, your stomach has shrunk. So you, you don't want to kind of like, you know, give it too much food. All of these little thoughts to to, and again, this is why I'm kind of like, you know, Dr. Google is not your friend kind of thing. You know, you have to do these things with a coach. You need to do it with someone who can coach you through it and, and, and explain to you the effects and explain to you what happens to your body and how you do it the right way so that your body doesn't retaliate afterwards, right? Your body is not like, oh my God, you know, what in the world have you done to me? Exactly. Um, It's super important. Because during the three days of fasting itself, there is an adjustment period, of course, because uh, you're not eating and the mind was like, you want food, you want food. And you're like, no, no, I don't. I just want water. You know, I have this internal conversation with with myself. And then uh, then the smell of food becomes very poignant. (laughs) You just smell your neighbor cooking. I'm going to cook this afterwards. (laughs) The thing is, when I came back to my old eating habit, not exactly 100%, but you know, eating solid, I get exhausted. And this is what you said just now, your body takes a lot of energy, needs a lot of energy to process the food. And uh, I understand it better now. And uh, for next time, when I do it again, it will be different. Yeah. I will be more prepared. And, and I also realize that le- the days leading to the actual fasting also, I need to get the body ready by taking things layer by layer. 
Exactly. Um, Honestly, yeah. again, I think that, you know, the, the water fasting is a very extreme kind of way. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if it, if it works for you, it's fine if you do it the right way. But you can do these things on almost on a daily basis. Yeah. I can tell you that I do intermittent fasting about three or four times a week. Yeah. Um, and I just basically skip it. Like I stop eating at a certain hour. Like I, I do the 16 hour fasting. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll stop eating maybe six or seven in the evening and I'll start eating again at lunch. But I make sure to have really good supportive drinks during the fast, like, you know, green tea or mm-hmm. apple cider vinegar water, things like that, that I get my electrolytes back as well, that That's I'm supporting it. my, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. digestion is calming down. And when I break the fast, I don't immediately go for a meal. I'll have a, a bone broth, for mm. example. Yeah, yeah. Just a little bit of an avocado with, with some tomatoes and, and olive oil and stuff. So I ease into going back to eating and I realized that my body is so much happier. You know, it's not, I'm not drained. Yeah. I actually have more energy. My brain is clearer. You know, it, it makes a huge, huge effect. But again, you need to know what to eat before your fast yeah. and what to eat, what to have during your fast, which is super important, yeah. and how to break your fast correctly for your body to actually benefit from that and not just going to be like, oh God, okay, now we're back in action. Okay, yeah. let's, let's do this, you know, um, to, to really benefit from these, from these uh, detoxes or whatever you want to call them yeah. um, the yeah. right way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So to summarize what you said to, to, to help your body to heal itself, it's uh, take care of your stress, have enough sleep, and watch for your eating, do detox correctly if you want to, but do it every day. Is that correct? And relationships. Relationships oh, yes. are very yes. important. Toxic relationships, please let them go. Yes. And I'm saying this with all the love in my heart. I've had those in my life as well. And it was fascinating to see that when I finally said goodbye to those relationships in a loving way, all of a sudden the universe tossed you know, positive people at me. Mm-hmm. And my life completely took a shift, completely yeah. took a shift. Yeah. So to understand how much these toxic relationships affect your life is another huge one to, 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 to realize. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so I guess we were talking about five things. <laughs> yes, yes. So, and when you say relationship, this is not just personal relationships. I think it's relationship on all counts, like work, wherever you are, basically. Exactly. Even, even siblings and parents. Yes. Siblings, parents, colleagues, boss, whatever, everything. Everything, relationship, friends, you know, everything. Yeah. Neighbors. <laughs> <laughs> Neighbors, everything yeah. You communicate with, you know, I, I always say like what, what, what makes us healthy is everything that we digest and we don't only digest food and, and drinks, we digest energy as well. Yeah. We digest information as well. Yeah. So if we're sitting at home and we're constantly looking at news and negativity and things like that, we're not going to be positive in our mind. And the same goes for friends. If every time a friend calls you, they're like crying and and (laughs) bitching and moaning and kind of like super, super negative. If you don't manage to kind of help them out and if you don't, it's, it's really just the the poison just kind of like goes into your veins. System. Um, Yes, exactly. Exactly. So, you know, there's, there's a fine line between being a caregiver and, you know, kind of like drinking that poison. So I'd like to go back into the food 
because mm-hmm. this is what we are regularly and always giving ourselves. It's like, yes. it's quite funny because I always think of, what do I have for breakfast? What should I have for lunch and dinner? This is like a consistent question in my head. Yep. You mentioned something very true. There are foods that are giving us energy and there are foods that are taking energy from us. So it's actually burdening us. Yeah. When we are very busy and very stressed or when we face a lot of stress at work, this is quite realistic to say. I think it's a lot of people are in this position. Uh, How do I know what I should eat or not eat? Okay. That's a good question. I have to start it with, with a non non food related something as well, of course, because everything is connected. The, f- the first thing I want to say is that, again, it's not only the food that you eat, but how you eat. Okay. If you're going to your meal stressed, thinking about things that are on your mind at work and things like that, or sitting in front of the computer and eating, again, you're not digesting. You're not, even if it's the healthiest meal, you're not actually going to digest it properly. You're not going to feel good afterwards. So to, to practice a mindful eating you know, mindfulness exercises and people, again, it's kind of one of those hippy dippy words that people are like, Oh, mindful. Everyone's, everything's mindful. If you sit down and jot down a list of things that are on your mind to download them in a way, right onto a piece of paper so that your brain knows, okay, I can, I can let it go for now. I can find it later. Your brain will be more relaxed and will be more ready for eating. Mm -hmm. If you're sitting down and making sure you're at a beautiful place or you're at a a relaxing place, you have good company when you eat, you're going to digest better, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, away from the computer, away from the phone, away from things like that. So, you know, to just take some, some deep breaths before you eat and bring yourself back to the moment chew a little bit more, make sure you're chewing like 25 times per, per bite. I always say is a really nice number because you also kind of taste the food and it's different. And it's a, it's a huge topic to talk about as well. If you do it with other people in terms of food, look again, we're talking about bioindividuality. So sometimes foods that would be very beneficial to you, like you would, you know, the best meal for you would be like a piece of steak and a bunch of vegetables. For me, it would, it wouldn't be, right? So it really depends. But at the same time, what's good to focus on in terms of food is, again, making sure that you're eating heaps of vegetables. And to anyone out there who's sitting there and going like, I'm not going to get full, I challenge you to eat as many vegetables as you can and see when you get full, because you will. Yes. Okay. And I used to think that. I used to think that. But I, I, then I, I, of course... I get full. Yes. You get full, right? And even if you get hungry later, you can eat more vegetables, you can eat other things, but you, you will actually, you know, your body is just thirsty for more of that stuff and it usually levels out. So a lot of people who are usually, you know, living off of meat and again, like the meat, milk product, bread type of diet, which is very familiar to most areas in the world. Yes when they shift to, when they start working with me and they shift to more plant-based foods, they always come enraged. You know, in the first couple of weeks, they're like, I'm, I'm so much more hungry and I'm, you know, I feel like I could eat all day. And I'm like, okay, let's wait it out. Let's wait it out. And their body adjusts to it because their body is just going, oh my God, this is what I've been wanting this whole time. Can you please give me more? Yes. You know, you're, the body's like, give me those nutrients. I'm, I've been waiting for those. Yes. You know, you can see it very clearly with people who are overweight are usually malnourished. 
Yeah. Which is a really weird thing to yeah, think about. It's quite weird, yes. Actually, right? About it. That's yeah. because their their body keeps asking for more food because they're not they're not get it's not getting not, what it needs and wants, you know? Yes, so yes. it is it's really fascinating. But but to get back to it, so definitely focus on the vegetables. I think that a plate needs to be at least fifty percent vegetables. Mm-hmm. Get it. I think that protein doesn't ha- doesn't need to be more than the palm of your hand. Like if you if you make a fist, kind of that size. Yeah. If you're if you're okay with grains and legumes, go for it. But again, twenty five percent of the plate is plenty. <sighs> Thirty five if you really have to, and lots of good fats. Lots of good fats. A lot of people translate fat into fat. I'm gonna, I'm eating fat. I'm gonna get fat, right? Mm-hmm. I'm eating a lot of calories. I'm gonna you know gain gain weight. We need to understand that there is good fat and bad fat, and there's yeah. good calories and bad calories. Yeah. If yeah. you eat a thousand calories of potato chips and a thousand calories of broccoli, yeah. right, you're not going to gain weight from the thousand uh, calories of broccoli. You're going to lose weight. And if you're eating the potato chips, you're obviously going to gain weight. It's got trans fats. It's got you know a bunch yeah. of crap in it. That, that you know, as I call it, chemical shitstorm. It's you just have to understand that there is a difference. And there's also a difference with, with fats and oils. A lot of people don't understand that the vegetable oils are not your friend. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, all those uh, sunflower oils and peanut oils and all the oils that, as I say, they don't change consistency, whether it's frozen, cooled, heated, they're still kind of this liquid mess. You need to focus more on healthier fats and oils. We're talking about coconut oil and avocado oil and, you know, olive oil and things like that. And also to understand which oils work better in which temperature. So there's a whole science behind it. That's why my, you know, my program is six months because I can't unfortunately give you all the information in one go, but there are definitely things to focus on making sure that your food is organic and, and, you know, local and grass fed meat and things like that will make you give you more energy mm-hmm. eating a lot of nuts eating a lot of nuts and seeds will definitely give you more energy mm-hmm. fruit a combination of fruit and nuts even more so so again to understand the combination of foods to understand what you're putting in your body mm-hmm. um, and the quality of the food is the most important yeah yeah absolutely you mentioned something so important <laughs> which which just spoke to me where Usually when we work, we meet people for lunch or coffee, okay? And usually this is also the time when we talk about what is happening at your work. And I remember leading to burnout almost every day every because there was a lot of changes in the company, etc. There's nothing uplifting really. It's all about venting out. And, and usually people do this over coffee break. And lunch, unfortunately, or dinner meetings if they are. So what I'm hearing from you, Dana, is in addition to having the right food in the right combination, the attitude that is non-food is absolutely important. So absolutely, (laughs) the tips is take a deep breath. This is why I, I think when you said that, I said, ah, this is why people are kind of praying before meals sometimes, you know. It may not just, you don't need to pray necessarily if you don't want to, but it's just to take a deep breath, center yourself, and then be present and make a conscious decision to fill your plate and your lunch discussion with something uplifting. 
hundred percent, you know, and I always say like, if you really feel like you need to vent, make sure you do that before eating mm. and make sure to say, okay, we're going to vent for five minutes yes. and then we're going to turn that around. We're going to yes. see what positive we can come, we can bring out of that or just talk about other things, talk about our kids, show pictures of the kids, yeah. show, you know, like whatever, whatever it is um, to really make sure that you're putting that aside and that's why I also mentioned, like, if you take a piece of paper and just jot it down, yes, exactly. your brain stops looping it because it knows that it can find it later. I do that at night as well. You know, if you're, if you're staying up at night and your thoughts are keeping you up at night, write it on a piece of paper, not on your phone, on a piece of paper. Don't, don't bring your <laughs> no phone. No electronics. <laughs> don't bring it. Yeah, but like really just <laughs> jot it down. Make sure to jot it down because your brain relaxes. It stops looping these things. It knows that it can find it somewhere else. And it knows that it, it's just not necessary. Mm-hmm. Got it. Is coffee good actually for us? <laughs> coffee, you know, again, me personally, I can't handle coffee. Okay. You know, it makes me super jittery. But um, for those who can deal with coffee, coffee is great. The usual problem is that people add stuff to their coffee. So black coffee, espresso or whatever, good quality coffee is good in you know, of course, you don't want to overdo it. So drinking 12 cups of coffee a day, even if it's just black, not so great. Mm. I would say having a couple cups, two or three cups of coffee a day and stopping by two o'clock in the afternoon okay. yeah. is o'clock. the best solution. You know, when you add the milk, when you add the sugar, when you add these things, creamer or whatever it may be, that's when the, you know, what you're putting in your body is not necessarily great. Mm-hmm. But, you know, coffee on its own, you know, it's, there's plenty of antioxidants, there's plenty of, you know, your brain works better. And if you can have cold brew, that's even better for you. Oh, yeah. Acidic, yeah. Oh. So it's less acidic. So it's actually like, you know, you're gaining all of the goodness of the coffee, but you're not getting the, the, that extra acidity from it. So, you know, mix and match. But I think, yeah, my problem is not with the coffee. It's the, the, the additions to the coffee always. Yeah, I didn't know cold brew is actually better than the hot coffee. Yeah, it's, uh, it's apparently yeah. There's there's a little bit of research going on about it now about uh, yeah that it's basically less acidic because they just brew it rather than um, pour boiling water on it. Yeah. You know. How about snacks? I think snacks are great. I snack all the time. Okay. I snack all the time. But again, your what, choice, your right? Yeah. Exactly. So if you're snacking on potato chips or a bar of Snickers, I would say, meh, not so good. If you have fruit and nuts and dried fruit, if you have just, just, yeah, I love nut butters, for example, as well. If you're having good quality, healthy protein shakes, if you work out as well, that's really good you know, homemade crackers that are made from seeds, things like that. So snacking is okay. Vegetables, you know, veggie with like a hummus dip or something like that. Those are really great. Mm-hmm. Um, and just have them throughout the day. I don't care how much you have of that stuff. They're, it's not going to make you gain weight. It's going to help you, you know, help you. Uh, at the same time, it is important to have a couple of hours of just no eating to let your body fully digest the food, the, the lunch, the meal that you had before um, until, you know, before you jump into the next meal. I guess this is what the intermittent fasting is suggesting is to give enough time for the body to digest, absorb what it needs to and let go the rest. 
and and relax yeah and so it gives it it gives the body yeah exactly so it gives the body also that chance to not digest yes (laughs) um you know what i mean so so it does take us about two hours from mouth to toilet kind of thing so we want to give our body that chance to to eat and to digest and to you know get rid of the food and then kind of a little bit of time off um intermittent fasting yeah intermittent fasting is a little bit more than that so it really does also give the brain a chance to clear up Mm. uh, and things Mm. like that Mm. what would be your advice for people who travel a lot who's always on the go yeah that's a good question i what i don't travel a lot but what i do with my clients and what i do before i travel is i will take about half an hour to an hour sit down and research Mm -hmm. I'll find places that I'm happy to eat. I'll find places that I know, even if I do choose to end up with with the business uh, meeting, eating like a steak and and fries, that I know that the rest of the time that I'm there, I can actually kind of direct to maybe another place to eat. So definitely do the research and come prepared. I always have a bag full of snacks with me, healthy snacks I either bought or made. So, you know, so I don't have to, end up at the airport or like, you know, going somewhere and then not having anything and I'm starving already. And then I will just make the wrong choice always. Mm -hmm. So to have things, you know, it's just pre-prep really. It's just Mm -hmm. to really prepare yourself for what you're going to have on the way, you know, having things on you and knowing where you're headed in terms of better options food-wise. What if I don't like to make things by myself? What kind of things should I buy? What should I look for that I should avoid to buy? Yeah, I usually, my, my go-to are, first of all, if you see any ingredients, always look at the ingredients. Yeah. That's the number one rule. If anything in the ingredients you don't recognize, put it down if you don't have time to, to quickly check on, on the phone. Yeah. Uh, there are apps for e-numbers and things like that. So you, you know, because there are e-numbers that are just lemon juice, mm. you know, or turmeric or things like that. But, um, but Really check the ingredients. If there's anything that you don't understand, if there's way too many ingredients in there, put it away. Mm-hmm. Um, if there are any oils, again, so we're talking about sunflower oil, um, ripe grapeseed oil, all of these vegetable oils. If the if if it ha- and, and a lot of things do, <laughs> you're going to put a lot of things away. Um, but if if it has those, put it away. Mm. You want things that are as natural as possible. So, you know, there, there are cookies now that you can find or bars that are made of oats and seeds and nuts and dried fruit mm-hmm. and nothing else. Mm-hmm. Those are actually really good energy to have because it'll fill you up properly. It will give you the energy, but in, in the correct way. Because if we, if we just eat uh, dates, for example, our, our blood sugar still spikes up. Yeah. If we have it in combination with nuts and seeds, our body actually breaks down that energy and that sugar in a much more maintained way. So we are actually gaining more energy out of it. So again, like seed butters, nut butters, and and fruit and things like that, those those are great combinations as well. Mm-hmm. So you don't actually have to make anything. If you have a bag of fruit and a bag of, or, or a little bit of like little jars of, yeah. of nut butter and some seeds and nuts, and if you can find like just good energy bars and things like that, that really just have nuts and seeds, yeah. uh, then you're pretty safe. Is it okay not to snack? Or sure. is it also unhealthy not to snack? 
No, I wouldn't say that. Okay. It's th- what, what's healthy? I always say your, your body is your science. Yeah. Right? Whatever everyone will say is not you. So if you feel that, you know, I grew up at a time where everyone said breakfast is the big, you know, the most important part of the day, da, 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 da. And I, my body was like, no, don't eat now. You can, you will not digest. You're, you're still waking up. Listen to your body. Mm-hmm. Give it a chance to communicate. And when you clean up your diet, your body communicates a lot stronger. You've noticed that when you stop with water, right? Yes, yes. With water, yeah. Definitely. The dairy your just body really does well anymore. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it and just that's the thing. Like, oh, don't give me dairy. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't get me started on dairy, but... <laughs> Uh, um, you really do realize more and more what your body actually needs and what your body thrives on. Mm-hmm. If your body is telling you you don't need to snack, don't snack. Mm-hmm. If you're feeling hungry and peckish and it's like, you know, a couple of hours toward to, to dinner or to lunch, then snack. I mean, mm-hmm. there's nothing wrong with that. As long as you're snacking the right foods and not kind of going for crappy, you know, crappy mm-hmm. kind of food-like products, mm-hmm. um, then, then you'll be fine. Yeah. I, 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 also, I think... One of the other things that I also learned in this process of me reconnecting with my body after the burnout is that actually you absolutely right. Your body is telling you something. And I I don't always know what they're saying. I don't always want to listen to, <laughs> to it before. But I also noticed that there are period of my life where all of a sudden I have this urge of eating a lot of tofu, for example, for a period of time. Then it stops. And then, oh, I want eggs for a period of time and then it stops that's how the body speaks to us isn't it like if we are tuning in well with it it basically tells you what it needs oh yes if you if your communication between your brain and your gut is free of chemicals free of sugars free of like certain things that don't belong in our system the communication is insane okay so you can definitely you know, and even if it's not in terms of what you're saying, kind of your body telling you, you need to eat more tofu, you need to eat more eggs. Um, it's definitely when you're eating the wrong thing, it'll be like, oh man, that was yeah. just totally wrong. So, and it, and it does it in a very, you know, like a, a huge way versus when we constantly eat these things. I always say we don't, we don't know how sick we are until we're healthy. Yeah. You know, we don't really feel you know, we think it's just the way we are, you know, those pains and those aches and those problems. It's just the way that I am. As soon as you kind of are on a better path and all of a sudden you do eat something that was a trigger before you kind of go like, Oh my God, you know, I'm ultra sensitive. It's not ultra sensitivity. It's just, you're able to interpret it because you're feeling better. And then all of a sudden you're like, you know, bloated or you're getting stomach ache or a sinus infection, or, you know, it could be head to toe really. Mm -hmm. Um, Headache. Yeah, headaches, migraines. I mean, mm-hmm. each body will will translate it in a different way and try to signal it in a different way. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you can see you can see so many people who have either the same illness and like autoimmune diseases and things like that. Now, you know, all of them, um, and ten different triggers for these ten people, or you can see you know ten people with ten different illnesses and the same trigger. Mm-hmm. So it's just really your your body and how it how it communicates. It's fascinating when you do it. It is fascinating. Isn't it? Yes, it's like your body is talking. Are you listening? Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Yes, exactly. Is this what you do then? Helping people to understand what's good for them and not good for them? Because you say every 
but my body and my friend's body, they're very different and we react differently to different food. And is that what you do? Yes. So exactly. how, okay. Could you, so how can people get your help? Because I, I was just, when, as, as I'm listening to this and I know that I'm not like completely green in this, I just yeah. thought to myself, oh my God, there's so many things to observe. What, you know, what do I need to read? Where do I need? I get really a bit like overwhelmed with it. <laughs> Yes. And this is another reason why I do, I work in small and sustainable steps. Mm-hmm. You know, you hear a lot of people that they're nutrition, nutritionist or dietitianist, and they just go like, you know, eat, eat, eat salads. It'll be fine. And send them on their way. They don't have that support and they don't know what they're doing. What I do is I take my clients on a journey hand in hand. Mm-hmm. So I'm there with them six months at least where we work together, where we understand their body better. Yeah. And when we make those small changes together so that it's not from one day to the next, cleaning out your fridge and your cupboards and then sitting there going like, I don't know what I'm going to eat, but rather mm-hmm. tweak things up, make first things that we would do is like make healthier snacks so that you can, can replace whatever you have in the cupboard or whatever you yeah. usually go for with a healthier version. Yeah. So you know what to fall back on. Yeah. Um, you know, for me, like the whole sugar-free lifestyle and stuff, for me, it's processed sugars. I think fruit is amazing for you. I think dried fruit has great place in your, in your diet and in your body. Mm-hmm. Again, knowing how much to have, like not having too much of it, because if you're sitting there the whole day, you're de- eating like medjool dates, uh, you're, you know, you're getting, your body kind of needs that sugar. So yes, I, I basically help, my clients reach a healthier level step by step, you know, just making it sustainable and making sure that they understand their body Mm -hmm. and that I just support them with what their body is telling them. I don't have all the answers. Yeah. Yeah. So you're on a journey with people. How can people find you? They can find me on any social media pretty much under Organalicious is my business name. My website is www.organalicious.ch and I offer free consultations so we can jump on an, a one hour free consultation, see if there's synergy there, see if I think we can work together if, if the person thinks that, that it's a good idea and just kind of get a better view of, of their needs as well. Yeah. Any cool. last words? Yeah, I think really just, just notice how much you actually do take care of yourself and how much love you do give to yourself in terms of breaks, in terms of what you eat, in terms of, you know, when you go to sleep and things like that. That's already a good start because when you realize that you're not giving yourself enough love and when you do work on that, then you are able to make a few more changes slowly Mm -hmm. but surely. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not going to happen overnight and that's okay because Mm -hmm. if it happens overnight the next night it's going to go back to, to yes. the same. We want it to be sustainable. 100%. Yeah. The idea is with working with me is that past those six months, you'll be able to continue on your own. You'll be able to know how your body ticks and what, what triggers it and what doesn't. Thank you so much for that, Dana. Very, very insightful. I mean, I learned, I learned a lot. Thank you so much for having me. I hope everyone kind of learned something. And um, feel free to contact me when, you know, for more questions. I'm always happy to answer questions and help. Thank you all for listening to this episode. I hope you do get some 
practical tips and also awareness as well as understanding of what we put our body through every day. I hope to see you in our next episode. And in the meantime, enjoy the summer, be well, and be healthy. Bye.